This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Tim Barley. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Okay, well, welcome and Merry Christmas to you, listener. Uh, This is Sean and Dan and Tim Barley coming at you, and we are uh, glad to have you this week. Say hi, guys. What's up, everybody? Merry Christmas. Sup. I love wow, Tim. Very so concise. Is <laughs> that oh, how this is gonna be, podcast is going to be? No, or just... I'm practicing different greetings, so that's just my, my new, my new uh, greeting. I don't know if it's Christmassy enough, dude. Okay. Hey. Yeah, yeah that's a little more festive, I think. I mean, Hallelujah. Is, is that Christmassy? I don't know. Well, it's better. We're getting there. It's better. Ho, 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 says Tim Burley. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, this is, uh, it's, we're towards the end of December. It's Christmas season, and that's... Mm. We're going to revolve around that a lot today, and we're just excited, excited to be in this season where we focus on and just every return, we're seeing signs of Jesus Christ, which is awesome. So we thought that'd be a fun way to kind of get things rolling is just to talk a little bit about Christmas this year in our families. You know, what is that looking like? I know for a lot of us, it's kind of different circumstances with everything going on with COVID and whatnot. So uh, Dan, why don't you start us off? What's what's one way that your family is clinging to and kind of celebrating Christmas amidst kind of different circumstances? Yeah, I'll kind of I'll kind of share two things. So the first the first thing, which is is a little detrimental to my pod bod, but uh, we are we are baking up a storm, and by we I mean Emily is baking up a storm. It's like every day I come home, there's like a fresh batch of cookies or uh, you know a new a new recipe she's trying out with this thing or that thing and, you know, candied nuts and caramels. And I mean, it's just like, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. Um, <laughs> so I'm learning, learning to celebrate that way. And, and we're sharing a lot around. So we'll, 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 we'll package up some, some goodies and, you know, bring them, bring them to folks or whatever. So that's been kind of fun. And, and it's, it helps with the festive vibe, you know, it's, it's, I think, I think treats are nice during this season. Um, and another way we've been really focusing on just the the wonder and awe of the season is just we're just going through that that little uh, daily bread Christmas devotional. And if you guys haven't picked one of those up yet, I bet you could probably get one this Sunday at our outdoor service if you come in the morning at eleven o'clock. But um, they're just great. They're simple. They're short. We 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 sit around the dinner table. We read it together. The kids are into it. We we ask questions. Um, they're, uh, they've, they've so far memorized a verse and hopefully more verses. And so that's been just really fun just to kind of talk about the, um, you know, why are we celebrating? Why, why, why are we making such a big deal about, um, about Christmas? So it's been really good. It's been good for us. We, obviously things are different. We, 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 we aren't seeing as many people as we are used to. And I think a lot of a lot of the wonder and focus and just magic of Christmas we get uh, when we come to church on Sundays. Um, and that's just looked a little different lately. So anyway, um, it's been good to, to, to be more intentional about that. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Christmas is always, always uh, kind of a, 
a an unknown for me because I'm, I'm one of a bunch of kids and we always are looking at what what the family wants to do, where the family wants to be, and it's it's never the same formula. It's always being mixed up. So I have been summoned to <laughs> meet with the family, uh, but in order to go, I have to uh, pass a COVID test. So. I, told I thought you, you were going to say a series of of, of tests and trials. <laughs> like put I, well, me into the... <laughs> actually, there, it, it's not just one; it's multiple COVID tests. Okay, um, good. and so I've been studying studying a lot for that um, to prepare myself. You're trying to trying to figure out how to beat how to yeah. beat the COVID test. <laughs> I just want to I just want to be positive or negative negative uh. negative. It's such, <laughs> it goes against. I want to be positive. I keep thinking that, but no. In this case, I don't want to be positive. You're be such negative. a hippie, dude. You're always like positive. Yeah, vibes, I know. I know, I know. So anyway, figuring that out because if I don't pass it, then that changes my Christmas plan. So you guys may end up with someone on your doorstep Christmas morning. Hey, bring it on, baby. <laughs> bring it on. Is uh, this is this your first Christmas without Nan? Without your mom? Your, did your wow, mom? Wow, that's a great that's a great point. It is. It's uh my, my my mom, for those of you who don't know, my mom passed in March. And this is the first Christmas without her. Um yeah. So it's gonna be an interesting kind of dynamic to the event. One of the one of the highlights has also been this this brainchild of uh, some of the, the 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 women who serve in leadership here uh, that we put on this past Saturday night. The Winter Wonderland role, previously the Winter Wonderland stroll, but you know as as uh, the restrictions and protocols for COVID. You know, changed recently. We had to pivot and and turn the stroll into a roll. Uh, so it was a drive-through event, but it, it was just magical. You know, just the lights and the snow. We we brought in some some uh, some snow and a couple snow machines, and the participation of people and seeing faces that we hadn't seen in a long time, and this this gorgeous Christmas tree that was put up in the back parking lot that you'll see uh, for those of you who come to our worship service this Sunday morning. The Anno, music. Don't forget about the music. And on Christmas Eve, I'm still making my list. <laughs> uh, and on Christmas Eve, it'll be there. And then probably uh, La Pièce de Résistance uh, <laughs> was the live music that was at the exit. As people are leaving, it was like Handel's Messiah on steroids. <laughs> I mean, it was Absolutely, it's, like it's such a joke. <laughs> what? Hey. We for for those of you that don't that, that missed it, or or for those of you that that don't really understand what fully happened there, <laughs> we basically <laughs> played three songs <laughs> for like three three hours straight. I mean, basically, it was like the same two or three songs just over and over and over again, and <laughs> by the end, we were kind of we were losing uh, we were losing steam, we were losing our minds. We were losing feelings in our extremities. Um, and w- to be honest, I think Sean and I have a little post-traumatic stress from just uh, singing Feliz Navidad uh, over and over and over again. <laughs> it got to the point where where we <laughs> we would see a car coming and we'd like, okay, okay, fire it up. And we'd play it for about 10 seconds and then wait till they left. <laughs> we'd be like, take a break. <laughs> I mean, literally I thought just it was hearing just you the best touch for the for the the last few seconds as people are, are leaving the event. It was awesome. 
Just so, hearing hey, people, you say that several times, like the hairs are raising on my neck a little bit. Like <laughs> it's it's real. It's traumatic. We've got we, it was a traumatic experience, but it was. But I'm glad. I it, I really do think people appreciated it, and and it was fun to see see everybody. And man, I was encouraged with how many people came through. Some people even went through twice. Um, it was so magical. So anyway, fun fun time, and I'm glad we got to do something just festive and just you know joyful and. Um, something that just gave people some some reason to to smile. I think was yeah. important. They got to hear the message of Jesus through on the radios. We gave out you know a really cool book, uh, the case, little little book called The Case for Christmas. And I don't know if you guys had a chance to read the note inside, but basically we we gave folks a note inviting them. Hey, if you would like to participate in a study of this book um, with a pastor, a leader, a group of people from our church. Uh, we would love to meet with you. And so we gave them our you know, email address and said, you know, email us, let us know, and we will get a person or a group together with you and walk you through just what the message of this book is all about. So hopefully we'll have some takers. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. And just if you were at the role and you guys went to that, I just want to toot Tim's horn a little bit here. I don't know if people understand like the magnitude of work that went into that event. I mean, all week long, starting on like Monday or Tuesday, people were working all day setting up this stuff and like dozens and dozens of people. It wasn't just like one, one or two people. And then on Saturday, Tim, yourself, he was there for 10 hours working on that event until like 10 o'clock at night. So if you see any of these people, Tim Barley, Nate Lopez, Jim Capriccioli, Matt Howden, all the other people who helped, make sure you thank them because... I mean, of course it was worth it, and they would all say they'd do it again in a heartbeat. Yep. But still, it was a sacrifice of love on their part. So thank you, fellas, for doing that. Worth and, it. Yeah, worth and, it. and if you did miss it, the uh, the, the there's a, a fun little video edit recap of it on, on our Instagram page. So just go um, vbc.online. Go check it out on Insta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and then I guess lastly for me and Patty um, – yeah, similar issues when it comes to the pod bod, or in my case, I'm working on my dad bod. Uh, you know, Patty is also the baker, as you guys know. And yeah, there's something about Christmas that just makes you want to bake things. <laughs> and I can't resist, so I'm, but I'm not bummed about that. Uh, and then, yeah, you know, I we always love Christmas music. We're music people, but for some reason, I think more so right now, we're just constantly putting on Christmas music in the background in our home. And yep. I don't know, it just feels sweeter this year. It feels like it, the joy it brings is like more cherished a little bit, you know? Completely agree. We're doing the same thing. Love it. Yeah. So that's one thing. And then, yeah, like on a personal level, uh, one of the ways that God has used this Christmas season in a, in a cool way is, and I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but just my my growing appreciation for the miracle of childbirth, you know, because Patty growing a baby. And yeah, just it's cool seeing that and thinking about that and just drawing that parallel with Jesus. Like it's giving me a, in a cool way a, a greater appreciation for the miracle of Jesus is coming to the earth and watching this little baby being grown, you know. And yeah, I kind of think about like Romans 1 or Psalm 19, like the different ways that the scripture talks about. God's character and power being revealed in creation. And obviously this is a little bit different kind of creation when it comes to a baby, but still I feel like God's using the growth of our child to grow my appreciation for him and who he is and for his son, Jesus. And yeah, just something, there's something like raw and organic about it that 
I've been really delighting in. So that's one cool thing. This Christmas season. All right. You guys ready to get onto it? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So if you've been uh, tracking with us on Sundays, you know that we are in the thrill of hope series and we've been talking all about why it is that even when we are tired and weary and been going through a time, like a lot of us have been going through in 2020, uh, we can still rejoice. We can still have hope because of Jesus coming to the earth. Now, this last Sunday, Gary took took a turn and focused on the flip side of Jesus's story on earth. You know, we, we tend to focus in Christmas on his incarnation and him coming to the earth as a baby. But at the same time, all of this is really pointing towards and and culminating in his death and resurrection. That's what we talked about. Specifically about how that means that Jesus can be our our brother like no one else can. So just maybe just to get things started, as we were listening, you know, what were some things in Gary's message that resonated more than others as you guys think about this idea like brother, friend, and Christ identifying with us in that way? Well, this passage, uh, Hebrews 2, 9 through 13 Oh, man, it is just so powerful. Man, it's just so rich. And, and it, it, it just encapsulates just this message of everything from, you know, the, the, the events before Christ arrived to his arrival to the meaning of his arrival to the significance of his death and resurrection to us right now. And man, it, it, it just came together in like this glorious crescendo mm. that was just so, mm. so powerful. I'm um, just really, really encouraged. I, I, I met a guy uh, last week who is really wrestling with uh, these thoughts about, uh, about God, about Satan, about himself. And he, got my name through just a, an, an old friend, and we ended up getting together. And it was just a fascinating exercise, just walking him through this this idea of why do you believe what you believe? Because so many folks come into the conversation about, about Jesus and about God with all these preconceived ideas that either they, they picked up a lot of times from who knows where, Right. Just something they they read, something they heard, something they experienced, and all of a sudden, before you know it, they've got a full blown you know kind of theology that they've created, you know, about Jesus, about God, and so walking with him through these questions that that he has, or these these observations that he had, and 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 I just was able to ask him. So tell me that what's the what's the source that you that you use for these these thoughts that you have about about Jesus and about God and and he kind of stopped and he goes well my own my own head and I'm like okay well when I talk to you everything I tell you is going to mm-hmm. be based on the authority of of scripture so just so you know that that's where my confidence comes from not from what I've heard you know from random people you know not from what I've read you know online or in you know popular you know pop psychology books or whatever, right. self-help things, but but in Scripture, and, and it's it, it, Scripture is, is a depiction of, of reality. When we look at, at the Word of God, you know, we, we don't see these 
people who could have never possibly lived like that, you know, and they didn't struggle with the same things we we do. We we see this this beautiful depiction of and and tragic depiction mm-hmm. of of life, of real life. So just going through the points that that Gary brought up, you know, about, you know, Jesus's incarnation made possible his death on our behalf. One of the issues that this guy struggled with is his unworthiness of being able to receive, you know, God's grace through 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 anyone let alone Christ. And so everything that that Gary was saying was just like, yeah, in, in my heart, in my heart, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Mm. And so I was able to meet with um, this guy after the service, walk through these things, and he ended up asking Jesus to be a savior by the end of the conversation. That's so amazing. Yeah, it's wow. just That's like what it's so about. anointed. Yeah. yeah. So well, don't think that coming to church is a futile lesson or futile, you know, kind of investment sometimes, because I think sometimes you feel like, oh, you know, I already know some of this or whatever. Man, just come expecting. Come expecting for for the Holy Spirit to speak you know, for for God to open your 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 mind and to use what He's presenting in ways that that'll go beyond anything you could think or imagine. I love that. I love that. Yeah, and and for me, you know, it's really interesting to to think about Christmas and just the incarnation and and all of the things that are wrapped up and tied up in that. And a lot of times we think about um, just hope being realized or we think about um, just the amazing love that God had to, um, you know, to, to send us his son to be our savior. Or we think about the humility of Christ to, to take on our human form, or yeah. we think about the miracle of a virgin birth or, or, you know, whatever, all the, and all the peace and hope and joy that that stirs. And so it can be a little odd to, to then, you know, in a Christmas message, talk about the suffering of Jesus and, but I'm so grateful that Gary did that for us because it, it just makes so much sense. If you just zoom out a little bit, like why, why, why the incarnation? Like what was the purpose of God entering into humanity? And he came to die. I mean, and, and, and if that doesn't, if that doesn't kind of blow our minds, um, I don't know what will, because I mean, what, what God would, would come to die, right. To give, to give his life. And, um, <clears throat> that just that verse ten of of chapter two, just that the um, I love that that it was fitting that the Creator God Jesus, you know that he, he that God would would use suffering to to make him perfect, and I just love that analogy that that Gary gave us on Sunday about the rose. You guys remember that? Um, yeah. And so if you, if you didn't get to hear that, um, go back and listen, but, but I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to recap it. So basically it's weird for us to think about Jesus being made perfect because we, we read about how Jesus was perfectly obedient to, to the father. He never, he never, he was tempted, but he never sinned. Right. He, he, he lived a perfect life, which made it possible for him to be our, um, the sacrifice for our sins. Right. So, so that, that word perfection is not talking about, um, sinlessness or holiness or anything, it's, it, that's assumed already. We know, we know that, that, that Christ, um, lived perfect in that way, but Gary was talking about Jesus being brought to, um, a more mature or more, um, revealed like picture of his beauty or of his, of his essence. Right. And so he talked about a rosebud 
that's that's closed, it's it's beautiful and we can appreciate it and and it's and in some ways there's perfection to it, right? But then if you compare it to uh, a, a rose that is that is fully bloomed, man, it's it, it, it's come into fruition to what it what it was intended to be. It, it's been brought into maturity, and so that was just such a cool idea just to think about the suffering of Jesus. Um, and, and it's just wild to think about, um, I don't know, even to just picture like a nativity and just, you know, Jesus laying there in, 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 in an animal's feeding trough and, and just this understanding that he, of what would be ahead of him, you know, 33 years, uh, from that moment. And, um, it's just, you see the, the, the wisdom of God and the plan of God and the promise of God, just, it just, it, it's, it's really, it is thrilling. I mean, that's so true. And that's really kind of what hit me as well is just, you know, this kind of this idea of contrast of like, as we, as we grow on our understanding and appreciation and our reveling of just who Jesus is and his sovereignty and his godliness, um, as that grows, so doesn't our appreciation for the incarnation and just how miraculous that really was. You know, I was thinking about it as Gary talk, was talking and, and this is really what separates societal Christmas season from the Christian's experience in, in focusing on the incarnation, you know, without the suffering of Christ, then, then yeah, it is a miracle that a baby was born, but that's, that's where it stops for most people who don't know, don't know Christ is, Oh, Christmas season, we're celebrating to put a star on a tree and we have this story of, of people chasing the star for Jesus. And it's just such a surface level thing. But as we appreciate and understand our savior dying for us, man, it completely transforms what that baby in a manger encounter means to us. Right. And I love that you point out to verse 10 and in verse nine, you know, Jesus being made lower than the angels like who, like you said, he's perfect before this. He is that rosebud. There's no, it's not a, it's not a cleansing being done or improving. It's a, just a transformation. And, and as I was thinking about that, we're reading, have either of you guys read, um, Miracles by C.S. Lewis? It's one of his little no. books. No, I haven't. It's interesting. Um, so those of you who are listening pretty, pretty soon here in staff, we're going to be going through one of C.S. Lewis's books, Screwtape Layers, uh, as a study and because of that, I was just dusting off some of my old C.S. Lewis books. And one of them is, is called Miracles. And it talks, C.S. Lewis talks about uh, how we as Christians are to interact with the idea of miracles and how central they are to our, our understanding of God's character, but specifically in the incarnation. How do, that's the central event in all of Christian history. And in that, there's this quote, that is just striking to me in thinking about that process of Christ who in whom and through whom all things are made, not even just being made lower than the angels, but C.S. Lewis says this about it. He says, in the Christian story, God descends so he can reascend. He comes down from the heights of absolute being into time and space. He came down into our understanding of time and space, down into humanity, but then even further still, he says to recapitulate in the womb, ancient and pre-human phases of life down to the very roots and seabed of, of nature. And that sounds kind of vague, but thinking about it like, man, Jesus didn't just come down from 
from heaven to become a baby, but he even further, C.S. Lewis says, just this picture of him coming down into cells and becoming an embryo in the womb. And just, man, thinking about our savior who rescued humanity in that space, it's just mind blowing to me. And like you said, Dan, it just, you can't, you can't take those two things apart. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't sadden Christmas. It enlightens Christmas. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I I love how, what you both are saying and, and what that passage keeps echoing and and Gary did such a great job of presenting is it's impossible for us to understand the, the full implications of the incarnation unless we also consider his vile execution and his glorious resurrection, you know, and our thrilling redemption and, you know, his magnificent return. We got, it's all part of the same. You can't, you can't separate it. You know, we we can to discuss it and think about it, but the reality of it is it is all part of the same amazing gospel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. So, man, in thinking about that, like in that contrast and just that incredible revelation of our savior becoming a baby and becoming, um, yes, coming to the earth, you know, what, what do we do with that? Like, how does that shift or transform the way that we do Christmas now? You know what I mean? Like Gary asked, like, how do you behold Jesus in the midst of Christmas? And so what do you guys think? What are some things we can do in our families? Some things we can do in our conversations with neighbors to really point to like just the magnitude of what's going on here. You know, we, we talked about these, these books that we gave out, you know, the case for Christmas. And it's just a little, you know, little, little book by Lee Strobel that is an apologetic and it does, he did, Strobel does a great job of, of talking about why Christmas matters to believers and dispels some of the confusion that some people might have in their minds from things that they've heard or or thoughts that they've had and and just to to grab some of those and put it in a you know a, a box with some of Emily and Patty's baked goods <laughs> you know and just say hey we we want to give you something you know sweet to eat you know and something you know good to consider you know, and we'd love to talk with you through this, you know, and and help you, you know, understand, you know, where where we're at and why we why we believe what we believe, and and something that you might want to consider in in twenty twenty one. Just you, you never know how those things are going to land with people. Hardest of hearts, you know, most most unwilling folks in the past. Twenty twenty's been an odd year. And people are thinking about things differently than you never would have thought they would have thought differently about it, you know? Wow. So maybe this is the year that we that we look to some of our, our neighbors, family members, friends who have not seriously considered Jesus ever or in a long time. Yeah. And I think I think another thing just to consider is we're gonna we're gonna be having. Hope I'm not spilling the beans here, but we're gonna be having Uh-oh. live live services on um, at both campuses on Christmas Eve, yeah. and, and so just 
just consider in being a bringer of somebody to to that. So a bringer invites, but but also t- goes one step further and says, "Hey, let's make a plan to go together." And I know that's cha- you know, a little more challenging now with COVID and all that, but maybe there are some people in your life that will be willing to do that, or maybe there's a, w- a safe way to do that. We're, we're of course going to be distanced and wearing masks, and the the service is going to be in the evening and 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 abbreviated, and there will be uh, an an opportunity for people just to hear what we're talking about in in a way that that they can understand and, and engage with, and and. I just think even this this passage we were looking at just this this amazing miraculous thing that that Jesus is our worship leader that that um, mm. certainly when we when we stand before the Father in glory and we uh, are are all joined in together in heaven that will be an amazing song Oof. of praise that we yeah. will we will lift up in the midst of the congregation mm-hmm. but even now. Jesus is the initiator and the mediator of new covenant worship. And, and we get to experience that right now. And I don't know how often we think about that. And, and, and I think even sometimes when we go to Christmas Eve service, I think some of us just go out of tradition or we go because we want to hear the Christmas carols and, and it just, it, it feels kind of festive and magical and all that. And, and certainly that's, that's amazing, but but just to to make sure that we're we're capturing this heart of worship, even as we these last couple of weeks have been doing some some Christmas songs um, in our worship services, I think sometimes it's it's easy for us to I don't know not think of them as praise songs or not not really enter into worship with those songs because we just I don't know we've sung them our whole lives or we we've already heard them maybe in the supermarkets or whatever and we're we're <laughs> We, we just kind of check out. So just to kind of take that, that reality from Hebrews 2.12 of just saying that, that Jesus is, is, is leading our worship and he's the object of our worship and he's the mediator of our worship and, and certainly in, in, in heaven and in eternity, but, but even now. Um, so just, yeah, think about how you might invite somebody in your life who is maybe on the fringe or is unchurched or doesn't know, doesn't know Jesus as, as their savior Think about inviting them to our Christmas Eve services coming up. And I want to sing, I want to sing "Brother Friend" with Jesus on the New Earth. <laughs> oh my God! I don't want. I wanted to be my partner, but I wanted. I wanted to be my partner last. Okay. Okay. So for those of you that don't know, there's this uh, song that is part of VBC lore. No one knows where it came from. No one knows who wrote it or its 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 origin story. But. Um, it's it's a song that we've taken all with us all over the world, you know, from from Belize to Africa to um, Mexico, yeah, Mexico, Hawaii, yeah. Uh, Romania. Yeah, I mean, yeah. all over <laughs> France, everywhere. And um, it's uh, it's just one of those songs that that really translates well. But it's funny because you have you you get everybody in in partners, and there's these little hand motions. But it basically talks about this this amazing reality that we talked about on Sunday that that Jesus is not ashamed to call us brother and friend. And just the, um, that truth is, is so profound, but it's really funny because a lot of people will give over the years have given me a hard time because I, I would do that so- song, you know, at uh, a Wednesday night off campus or, or whatever. And I got, I got, I've been teased mercilessly about this. I don't know if you guys know this. One day I showed up in my office and someone had, someone had, 
Um, for a while in the office, there was this like garbage bag stuffed with like, I don't know, newspapers or, or, or pillows or something. And it was in the shape of like a dead body, but like wrapped up in garbage, in a garbage bag. Do you guys remember this? I do. And so one day I, I came in and it was sitting at my desk. And so, and I, and I turned it around and it said like, it said, RIP brother friend. <laughs> <laughs> and so someone was giving me a not so subtle message, Dan, stop playing this song. Um, and so I've wow. been a little gun shy ever since. Lame, lame. <laughs> That's incredible. I just you're my brother, I, you're my friend. I just looked okay. it up. Do you guys want to know who wrote Brother Friend? I don't should know. Should we spill the beans or should we keep it a mystery? Though I don't know. All right, just tell. It was us. it was Wickham for sure. <laughs> it was circa 1995. Off of the Inside Your Love album. Wow. By the one and only Chris Tomlin. Wow. What? Yeah, but who yep. made the hand motions? You know, that's <laughs> that was, what I wanted to That know. was probably you, Dan. All right, fair enough. Uh, wow. So maybe you maybe you have heard that song if you're listening, in which case, uh, sorry, because Dan doesn't want to do it because he's been received life threats for it. <laughs> um, death, death threats, even. Death threats. You know, this is something that is kind of similar to what we encourage people to do um, at Thanksgiving. But yeah, you know, just like Tim said, you never know where people are at right now, you know, where their families are at, where their own hearts are at, what they're struggling with in their workplace or or whatever. And we all know that like those those pressure items are often the things that it takes for someone to reconsider their perspective and, and look towards God. Yep. So we've mentioned this idea before of just dropping little pebbles in the shoe and dropping pebbles in the shoe that point to Christ. So however you can do that, you know, uh, not, I know for a lot of us, the idea of praying before your Thanksgiving meal is, is a really traditional thing. Maybe not as often for praying before your Christmas meal, but man, that's an easy way. If you're with family, I know a lot of us aren't, but if you are with family, pray before your Christmas meal and do it intentionally, you know? Don't just pray to to thank for Christmas and thank for this meal, but pray out loud and with confidence, man, thank you, Lord, Savior, Jesus, for coming to this earth to save us all. You know, just the, the subtle ways that we can do these things at these gatherings to, to, to point towards people. And one other idea, you know, Dan mentioned we've heard all these Christmas songs uh, a million times in in shops or on TV or whatever. Um, but one of my favorite things about Christmas music is when people will redo Christmas songs and kind of do more mm. modern arrangements of them. And a lot of times they do it in a way that makes it more understandable for people who don't speak Christianese. You know, they'll, they'll make the terms less uh, King Jamesy and a bit more however you would modern, modernly say things. And so one example of that, Tim, you actually texted us about this song this week, but Phil Wickham does an arrangement of Away in a Manger. And I'm just going to read the lyrics because I think they're powerful. And I know a lot of us have heard that song on Away in a Manger. And oftentimes when I think about that song, what I think about is a baby in a manger. And that that's kind of the gist of it, you know. But let me read to you the, the lyrics as Phil Wickham rewrote them. And just let this resonate, resonate in you and sit in your heart. And maybe you can go and find some songs like this that you can play in your house while people are over. Or play in your car at a red light with your windows open. That can, again, just drop those pebbles in people's shoes. So here's... Away in a manger from Phil Wickham. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the sky looked down where he lay. 
the little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. The cattle are lowing, the baby awakes, the dawn of salvation beginning to break. I love thee, Lord Jesus, O gift from above, the King of the heavens forever with us. I worship you, Jesus, for all of my days. The highest of praises be unto your name. My God and my Savior, my King and my friend, yours is the glory forever. Amen. Man, it's powerful. It's beautiful. I didn't know you listened to music, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I do occasionally. I, I like it. Like Sean was saying, I this year more than any other year, every time I walk walk in from, from the end of my day, I make sure that, that some Christmas music is, is playing. And I've really enjoyed that. And then I, I'm... I've enjoyed watching the Chosen um, series, and they had a a Christmas special Sunday night, and uh, they had a bunch of uh, Christian singers, uh, music artists who performed, and Phil Wilkin was one of them. And he sang that song, and I'd never heard his version of it nice. before. Yeah, it's it cool. Well, well hey, maybe maybe it'll start a new habit for you. Maybe maybe it'll enrich your life. Well, you know. Well. I was just going to say, if, if here's only, a little shameless plug from us worship leaders. I'll let you in a little uh, industry secret here. Those of you who are like Tim, who are really digging the Christmas music vibes, and you love how that makes you feel at home when you get there, again, top secret, you have access to that all the time, not just during Christmas. It's amazing. What? what? Yeah. And you mean if only if only like our church like had music that that like we like put out too. I mean that would be really cool too. Like if our church oh like boy. maybe had like a like a ministry like a like I don't know we call it like Valley Bible Worship or something like that. You know. Pray about putting it in the budget for twenty twenty one. Oh okay okay. Oh Man, boy. you didn't he didn't take the bait. <laughs> if you haven't heard, we we actually put out some Christmas music last year, um, and uh, I was just I was actually listening to it a couple of days ago, and it. Uh, I think it's pretty dang good. So you guys should go check it out. Spotify, Apple Music. Sean is uh, rolling his eyes, and, uh, and he hates it when I do this kind of stuff. But I think you guys should go listen to. It. I think it'd be a blessing to you. We made it for you guys, so that you could you could uh, celebrate Christmas in a more worshipful way. So go get it. It's out there. Go get it. And it's on YouTube like too. You can go on YouTube. But, you can go on YouTube and listen if if you don't have a Spotify thingy. But all all seriousness about that album, that's one of those examples where there's some additional choruses and rewrites that point to the glory of Jesus. So I'm I'm in full support of this shameless plug. Thumbs up from Sean. I want to say something just a little off track, um, but I think it's it's just important. So, Deej, you mentioned the the Christmas Eve services at Altamont and Crossing campuses, December 24th, 5 o'clock. There's something about having those services outside in the elements Mm -hmm. that is so powerful to me, you know, And, and, and not that I'm not grateful for buildings and heaters and cushy chairs and carpeted floors and, you know, all the bells and whistles. But, you know, just to every now and then say, let's strip it down. Let's be a little bit uncomfortable and say, you know what, is God still worthy of of being a little bit physically uncomfortable so that we can gather together? I, I'm... 
I don't know. I don't want to push it too far, you know, and, right. and make it seem like we need to suffer more when we worship. But <laughs> I just think it's there's something very exciting to me about about how that's going to hopefully go down as long as it doesn't rain. Well, especially like Christmas on Christmas too, right? Because because yeah. Jesus was born outside, yeah. you know, and yeah. it was probably cold, and and you know there were there there were no uh, no climate controlled. Areas, I don't, I don't believe. Yeah, yeah. So maybe yeah. this will become a new tradition that we always go outside for our Christmas Eve service. I don't know. I know it's so true. I mean, just to tag on that, like I'm thinking about like Arizona trips or other mission trips we've been on where we go somewhere, and you know, it's funny because Dan and I and all the worship leaders of the Western world, you know, we spend a lot of energy on like stage design and picking lyric slides that are visually non-distracting, but still beautiful and like point to God's glory and character. But we, tr- we, we try, but none of that will ever compare to the glory of doing church out on a Red Rock amphitheater or over an amazing mountaintop or whatever. You know, we're like, we're doing our best, but we are, we're imitation crab at best <laughs> when it comes to God's glory visually. <laughs> There's the name of your podcast. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, man, we hope that as you've listened this week, uh, that just what we've been talking about, that you have grown in your appreciation for both our Lord Jesus as Savior and also just the miracle of Him coming to the earth. Um, just a reminder: just be praying about and thinking about how you can point to Him this week. And then on a personal level, we're going to end this uh, episode by just having Tim recite that Hebrews passage again. And as you listen to this, just pray through it, you know, reach out and worship God and Jesus as you listen and are just reminded of just how incredible he is, how miraculous him coming to the earth was. And just the, um, the, the mountain of grace that we receive now because of this. So listen and worship and we will see you guys next week. Hebrews 2, 9-13. But we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist and bring many sons to glory should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sacrifices and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children God has given me. Love you guys. And we hope you have a meaningful celebration of the incarnation. Amen. Amen. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.